0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. If you will, to John chapter 17. We're going to do something different today I want to give you the highlights of Jesus last week. Holy Week. It's called in the Body of Christ. And we're just going to look at some highlights. And uh, then I'm going to um, rev- uh, to show to you what the Lord assigned me to do years ago, that I pray for you every day under the direction of the Lord, and he has not released me from this assignment, so if you are associated with this body of believers, a prayer is prayed over you every day, and I will. All I did was pray the same prayer Jesus prayed for his. The Spirit of God told me I couldn't do better than that. (laughs) Amen. Father, we ask you to be blessed by the Word of God, that your anointing would rest in it and on it. And that we may get a clearer view of your presence, your love, your grace, your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. So on the uh, week before the Lord was crucified on Friday, on Sunday he and his disciples came to the outskirts of Jerusalem. There he was met by a massive throng of people who had heard and received from him over three years from his ministry and believed in him. And they wanted to worship him publicly. And the Bible says that, They would actually lay aside outer clothing on the road and wave palm branches in a testimony of praise and thanksgiving and celebration as the Son of God came not riding in a magnificent chariot, but on a borrowed donkey, humbly coming down the road into Jerusalem with massive hosts screaming to the top of their lungs, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, giving him worship and praise through their own testimony. That's called Palm Sunday. That happened on Sunday, and Jesus and the disciples left that scene and went back to a little town called Bethany. You remember Bethany was where Mary... Martha, their brother Lazarus, lived. Bethany was about 1.7 miles from Jerusalem. So back and forth on this holy week, you would see Jesus going from Bethany into Jerusalem. On Monday, Jesus and the disciples left Bethany, the home of his friends, and were headed toward Jerusalem, where the temple was. And on the way there, Jesus looked over to the side of the road and saw a fig tree. The fig tree is emblematic of the nation of Israel. And that fig tree was full of greenery, but no figs. And Jesus pronounced a word upon that tree and said let no man ever eat from you again you are not ready to do what you were designed to do he and the disciples left went on into Jerusalem and when Jesus got into the city of Jerusalem his heart broke and he said oh Jerusalem Jerusalem I would have gathered you like a hen does her chicks, but you wouldn't have it. His heart was broken as he wept over the city. He went on into the temple. There he saw something, Joe, that made his blood boil. There was all kind of merchandising, buying and selling of animals and all kind of trade going on in the outer skirts of that temple. And the Bible says that Jesus, full of righteous indignation, began to overturn the tables of the money changers, and drove out those who were trying to cause the temple of God to become a house of merchandise. And he said, it is written, listen, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You have turned it into a house of merchandise. Where you live in your inner man, where the Spirit of God lives, and where you gather above all things should be a house of prayer. not, Not a show, a house of prayer. And Jesus said, this is my Father's house. He went back to Bethany that night and on the way back on Tuesday. One of the disciples looked over and saw that the fig tree whom Jesus spoke to the day before was barren, dead from the roots up. And they said, Lord, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered." He must have chuckled when he said this. And Jesus said, (laughs) under his breath, the message was, "You, you think that's something? I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says takes place, he shall have whatsoever he says. That's a familiar passage, but remember the context. They proceeded to go on in to the city once again. And Jesus looked longingly into the temple, now fairly empty. And on their way back out to Bethany there on Tuesday, there was a group that were very loved and holy to the Lord following him. But at the same time that was happening, one of the 12 had gone to strike a deal with the Sanhedrin. Those were the religious political leaders of Israel, of the Jews. And Judas made a deal with them that he would turn Jesus over to them. He would identify, take them right to him. They made a deal for 30 lousy pieces of silver. That was going on, on Tuesday, while the Lord was going about the Father's business. They returned to Bethany, as I said, just under two miles away from the city of Jerusalem. And on Wednesday, the Bible is silent. We believe it was a day of rest for the Lord and his disciples to contemplate what would take place. And on Thursday, after sunset, Jesus gathered the disciples around. They were beginning on, sun, on Thursday. Remember, the sun had to go down for it to be the next day. They began to eat the Passover meal together. And the Lord used this opportunity to minister and to teach. You remember last week when I taught on the Holy Spirit? This was going on during that Thursday evening time with the disciples. So don't separate that. Jesus was teaching them the things of the Lord and um, he prayed a prayer in John 17. Remember, sitting around the table having, taking the Passover meal, and Jesus said, chapter 17, verse 1, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. Can you say in the time, in, in, in the most critical times of your life, can you say out of your own pain, Father, glorify yourself through me. Glorify yourself through me. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you've given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, Father the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Would to God that all of us would say, Lord, I want to stay and serve until I'm finished. You ought to purpose before the Lord and and not cry out for the time of of your service to come to an end. You need to cry out to the Lord and say, Father, glorify yourself through me, and I pray that you will cause me to be fully functional until I'm finished. Would to God that every one of us could look Jesus in the eye on the day of our departure from this earth and say, I didn't quit, I finished. What a testimony. look at verse 6 I have manifested your name to the men whom you've given me out of this world they were yours you gave them to me and they have kept your word can I ask you something have you been faithful to give the Word of God to those God has put in your inner circle you're not responsible for what they do with that word sometimes what they're doing with that word will break your heart But don't forget that none of us got it all right either. Amen. We broke the Lord's heart too at times. Don't forget that. Be faithful to give to those God has put in your circle of influence what He has given you. Could you just sit down Could you just tell your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, your friends, your work associates, at the right time, could you be faithful to say, you know, it's hard for me to even put into words, but I just want you to know what the Lord means to me. He is my life. He is my life. He's been with me through thick and thin, through heartache and rejoicing. The Lord is the source of my life. Bear witness of his life in you. Notice in verse 9, he's talking about the disciples who the Father led him to a point. He said, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. You see, one of the problems we have in our prayer life is we're too big. It's too broad. Can I tell you something? If you will focus on depth, God will bring breath. No, you didn't understand. If you will focus on depth, being faithful to those God has put into your life to be, to be light, to that, that close circle that God has given you to, be, to glorify himself with, if you will focus in prayer, on those that God has led you to in that inner circle, then God will begin to increase that circle through those you're investing in in prayer. So begin to ask the Lord to show you where that inner circle of influence through prayer that, that should be your main focus is. Of course, when you're prompted by the Lord, you should pray for world events and political leaders. But remember, that breadth comes from depth. Focus on those you know that God has given you a responsibility to bear the light in the life of Jesus to. Jesus said, I'm not praying for the world, I'm praying for those you've given me. Hallelujah. Notice he said in verse 11, I'm no longer in the world. But these are still in the Lord so, and here's the prayer out of John 17 that I pray over those God has given Dean and me to be spiritual leaders to, pastors, shepherds. Here's what he says, verse 11. Holy Father, keep them. Keep them. What does that mean? And and the prayer, by the way, is on the back of your outline. To keep them. Those that you've given me, I ask you to keep them. That is, I'm asking you to protect them on the outside. See... If you're praying this prayer in these last two years, you've been praying that God would keep those that he's brought into your life. He leads me to pray for you that you would be kept from the destructive pestilence of a pandemic. To keep you from injury and accident. To keep you physically To keep you intact spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially. That you would be kept from the outside. But most of all, that we would be kept on the inside. Now notice what he goes on to say. He says, keep them, Lord. Protect them. I pray that the Lord will protect all of us from deception. Notice what he says as as we go on, verse uh, 15. Again, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Do you know that there is an enemy who desires to steal, kill, and destroy everything good in your life? And so you should know that spiritual leadership is praying for you every day that you would be kept from the assignments of the evil one. Maybe you ought to pray for your children and grandchildren. Maybe you ought to pray for your spouse. Maybe you ought to pray for all of those gods assigned you into your ministry. Maybe you ought to pray that the Lord would keep them from the assignments of the evil one. How did Jesus pray that the Father would do that? Verse 17, he had already said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I'm asking you to keep them from without and keep them from within, from the assignments of the evil one. And then he says, here's how you do it. Father, I'm asking you to set them apart, sanctify them, set them apart in the truth. Today, more than any day I've ever lived in my life, we ought to pray and bear down that the spirit Spirit of truth, the Spirit of God, whom Jesus said is the Spirit of truth, would bear mighty witness in those you love and pray for that the spirit of error and deception would be broken off of them. The spirit of deception broken off of them. the spirit of deception is at a level in this world unlike anything I've ever seen. Some people don't seem to know whether they're male or female. God help us. The spirit of deception in this world, would you, instead of casting stones, and, and talking about how ridiculous it is, maybe we should put all our effort into praying that the spirit of truth would break the spirit of deception. It doesn't do a bit of good to judge somebody or talk about how ridiculous it is. Prayer is the thing that works. Sanctify them in the truth. The truth. And then notice how Jesus defined the truth. Verse 17. Thy, thy word is truth. Say it with me. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. I'm sure that's one reason you're assembled here today. To be under the word of God. Thy word is truth. Jesus defined the scriptures that were available to him as the truth. Thy word is truth. The voice of the Holy Spirit is the voice of truth. The voice of the word of God, written and spoken, is the truth. Thy word is truth. Don't ever forget that, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to find ultimate truth in In this man, or this woman, or this party, or that party, the ultimate source of truth is your Father God. He's the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. So what's your decision? He either is or he isn't. And if you believe he is, you need to get all in. Amen. I sanctify them, Lord. Set them apart. Protect them. So maybe when you pray for those you love and you're concerned about, maybe you should get hold of this prayer of Jesus to pray that the Spirit of God would reveal the truth to that loved one. Thank you, Lord. Notice verse 19. Jesus said, for their sakes, for their sakes, for the sake of those you've called me to, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Do you know that if you want to pray, this prayer is going to cost you something. (laughs) This is not a pat on my back, but I want to tell you, when I started praying this prayer, it cost me something. Because I had to come to grips with whether or not I wanted to pray the same prayer and say, "Lord, I sanctify myself. I set myself apart from the lies and the deception of the world. I'll set myself apart that I might be a carrier of the truth." That that means a, a whole lot of things. It might mean you need to stop listening so long and so hard to the voices of darkness and evil and this world system. Jesus said, the whole world lies under the influence of the evil one. Sanctify them in the truth. So that is a prayer Jesus prayed. And that's a prayer that your spiritual leadership prays over you. Sanctify them in the truth. And I'll set myself apart for their sake. For their sake. Notice he said in verse 20, I don't pray for these alone, but for those who will believe IN ME THROUGH THEIR WORD. YOU KNOW, YOU JUST OUGHT TO GO AHEAD AND THANK GOD THAT THOSE YOU'RE PRAYING FOR ARE GOING TO SEE AND BELIEVE AND RECEIVE THE WORD AND THEY'RE GOING TO INFLUENCE OTHERS FOR THE GLORY OF GOD. THEY'RE GOING TO BE WORLD CHANGERS. MAYBE YOU SHOULD QUIT TELLING GOD JUST WHAT A RIDICULOUS MESS YOUR CHILDREN HAVE MADE. And maybe you should start saying, Lord, the spirit of truth is going to minister to them and they're going to be world changers in in their own sphere of influence. Maybe you should quit speaking what you see and feel and start speaking what the word of God says your children will be. I said maybe you should start speaking over those in your circle of influence what you believe God going to do for them. Bearing witness of the truth. So I don't know about that, Pastor. That's just making believe. No, God said that his man, Abraham, who received his promises in all of whom, all of us in Christ are heirs of our spiritual father, Abraham, the word says he called things that are not as though they were. He said, I'm the father of many nations and he didn't have one child. Why did he say that? Because God told him that was the way it was going to be. <laughs> Notice Jesus cried out for unity in the body. Oh. 21, he says, Father, I pray that they may be one. I pray for the unity of the body of Christ around the world, and I pray for the unity of the body in in this place that we they may be one in us one and here's what the Lord asked his father to reveal to those whom he prayed for verse 23 I and them you and me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved listen I pray that they would know and everybody else would know that you have sent me and you have loved them as you have loved me. Oh, my. He says in verse 24, I pray that they can be where I am. Hallelujah. That we can be together. You know, Jesus was praying, Father, I pray that they will be where I am, together with you. Do you know, Jesus didn't waste words. You're going to be together with those who knew and loved the Lord for eternity. Hallelujah. It's not going to be a separation. Jesus himself prayed that we may be one and they may be together with me. Hallelujah. Then he closed that prayer powerfully by repeating what he had just said. I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them. Do you know what the Lord Jesus wants you to understand today? That the love that the Father had for the Son is inside of you as a believer. Now, wait a minute now. Wait, wait. Don't let that pass you by. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus. God loves you as much. Father, he said, I pray that the love with which you love me be in them. God loves you as much as you're in Jesus. God, give us revelation of how much you love us. I want everybody to say it. According to the word of God. My God loves me like he loved his son. I am in his son. That love is mine. Give me greater revelation of the love of God. Romans 5.5 5 says, the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. God, give us greater revelation of it. This is what Jesus prayed over us. This is what I pray over you every day. Judas was dismissed from the scene. To go do what he was going to do under the direction of the evil one. That did not take God's plan by surprise. And the Lord sat down. washed the feet of the disciples in service and humility. And began to serve them. What we know now is the Lord's Supper. And then Jesus asked the disciples to follow him. They left the room that night and went out to a garden nearby. It's called the Garden of Gethsemane. There he began to be in excruciating travail, asking the disciples in their weakness to pray with him and for him. The Bible says even his tears, he was in such incredible agony that his sweat became great drops of blood. He said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, I ask you to grant it nevertheless, nevertheless. Nevertheless. Not my will, but yours be done. He prayed that with you on his heart, with me on his heart. Just then there were loud voices and flickering torches in the night. There came murderous, evil, soldiers who cared nothing about him and then one of the most painful things that our Lord would ever endure, one of his own, came up and with a kiss on the cheek identified this is the man. And in his zealous desire to defend Peter stepped out of line took a weapon took a swipe cut off the servant of the high priest's ear the mighty man of God did surgery with a touch restored that man to full health he was taken the night. First of all he was led to a man who was formerly high priest. His name was Annas. He was an in-law to the present high priest in those days named Caiaphas. Anima- Annas sent him to Caiaphas mock trial after mock trial. Annas, Caiaphas, Pilate, the Roman governor, who didn't want to have anything to do with it, sent him to the king of the Jews named Herod, back to Caiaphas. This was in the late hours of Thursday, and now we're into the wee hours of Friday. And by 9 a.m., the brutal murder of the holy God-man, your Savior, your Lord, began for six grueling hours, the Roman crucifixion. The path that Jesus took from those mock trials to Golgotha is called the Via Dolorosa in Latin. It was a route from the trials through inner city Old Jerusalem to the place of a skull, a place where Romans crucified common criminals, Golgotha. But I want you to know that on that Via Dolorosa, in that journey of sorrow, you were there. I was there. Jesus walked that road for you, for me. Holy Spirit, go do some meditation about the price he paid, renew your commitment to him. He's the ultimate victor. Oh, are we ever gonna celebrate next Sunday the mighty resurrected Jesus, hallelujah. I hope you'll join us next Sunday as we celebrate the greatest day of in all time, resurrection day our mighty Lord Jesus. Go with God. He's going with you, and we'll see you next Sunday. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com